1: plushcare.com slash weight loss LMFM Sunday Sport your sport your station You're welcome back to LMFM Sunday Sport David Sheehan with you until 5 o'clock now you may have read during the week the horrific stories of Steve Thompson and Alex Popham former England and Wales internationals respectively who have both been diagnosed with early onset dementia Thompson, Popham and six other players believe their diagnosis come on account of brain injuries that they suffered while playing rugby and it is believed that they are considering bringing legal action against world rugby England's rugby football union and the Welsh rugby union Not only could this be seismic for professional rugby but it surely will also have ramifications for the sport at all levels as parents will no doubt have concerns about the long term effects of rugby on their children to discuss this issue I'm joined by Mark Beakey co-founder of Concussion Coach Concussion Coach was established in 2017 and provides sports clubs and schools with sports related concussion education and management online courses webinars and workshops Mark first of all thanks for taking the call as somebody who's been working in this area for a long time and is extremely familiar with the whole area of concussion were you surprised by the news which broke earlier this week concerning those two players Steve Thompson and Alex Popham
2: no, unfortunately not. It, it wasn't a surprise, and it, it reminds me of a, a conversation I had with a American researcher back in 2016. Uh, with, for any of you listeners who are were tuning in, back in the, the NFL had a massive lawsuit with with concussion and brain injuries with, with former players back in 2012. And he was asking, "Oh, what's what's the story with Europe and and the UK and Ireland in particular?" And I said, "Oh, there's no, there's been a couple of cases, a couple of lawsuits, but there's been no class action." from former players but I said it's only a matter of time it's coming it's coming along the line and it was was only really a matter of when and I suppose with the news this week the dam has officially broken and we're going to be hearing a lot more about it over the next uh, few months years even uh, from, from now on because there will be more players joining mm. that's just the nature of it and I think once it goes public we're going to see a lot more a lot more news coverage a lot more news stories coming out
1: Yeah and I guess you know a lot of people would have been there's been several discussions around this over the years but it's only kind of been touched on fleeting you feel I mean the one image that stays with me is of Brian O'Driscoll against I think it was England at the Aviva it could be six seven years ago now where he was barely able to stand up and he was taken off obviously the HIA uh, situation has come into rugby as well just on the HIA point actually do you feel that that's been like, significantly beneficial? Obviously, it's it's a, a better situation than was there before, but is it... Do you feel it's paying lip service to the whole area of concussion? Like, can you really make a, a proper assessment in 10 minutes? Or do you think that it's it's maybe creating more problems than, than it's solving?
2: Yeah, it's a very good question. I was actually Brian Driscoll's uncle who left for rugby because... Um for, because he didn't believe in the HIA and he was a very top official, medical official there. So, And again, just for anyone listening in, it, the HIA is only for professional sports, so it, it, do, it doesn't come in for, for grassroots rugby or amateur rugby. It, there's a lot of controversy around it because obviously we've seen instances where players, particularly say for George North, for one comes to mind where he's, you can see there's some visible... Issues there, There's balance. He looks completely fatigued. He looks, mm. he looks all out of sorts. But yet he comes back on. He's passed the HIA. So I think with the one of the most important things the HIA is, is, they follow it, they follow it a, appropriately, and they take the due care because there's a lot of you know, there's a lot of pressure involved. You know, particularly from people who want their players to come back on. I think it's really giving the medics the the. Essentially, the green light what they make the decision. And um, But of course, you know concussion symptoms do evolve, mm. and someone could potentially pass the test, and then a half an hour later they start developing symptoms, or they may not develop symptoms to the next day, or the ne- or 48 hours later, but their brain is still in the vulnerable position, and that's where the real risk comes in. And so that's why you'll, you'll never you'll never see HIA for amateur sports or grassroots, and it's only going to be a professional when they have those medics. But yes, it uh, it, it can create a, a lot of issues, and it it, it does when it goes wrong. It, that's when uh, That's when it gets called up and it's the media essentially have the field day with it because we see players going back on after definitely there's visible issues there and no one wants to see it and particularly for the parents of young kids who are watching on they don't want to see that mm. and they, they don't want that message I suppose going down to the grassroots
1: So you talk about HIAs only being um, you know, applicable to professional sports so what you know, you're know, you going around I know you've been going around to a lot of schools as we mentioned at the top there with concussion coaching and trying to educate clubs and parents and everyone else around this so from what you've seen over the last number of years what what is going on at at grassroots level where there isn't any hia have you kind of got a sense that you know with all of the kind of high profile concussion stories there have been with the likes of yourself going around educating clubs and parents and schools that there is a much greater awareness now and that the issue is being dealt with properly and and safely at at grassroots level or are you still concerned about what's happening at that that level
2: yeah it's a very good question and it's probably a Quite a, a nuanced answer, to be honest. But I, in terms of awareness, like when we first started back in 2017, we when we were when we were calling schools and clubs, you know, trying to to, to bring these workshops, these webinars, and online courses, we were we were having to do a lot of explaining and a lot of like, convincing. Like, look, this is worth it. This is this is valuable. This is gonna this is gonna aid your your students and your athletes. But now it's it's, it's a complete shift. Our phones are ringing. There's lots of worried teachers, worried parents, coaches, you know, athletes themselves. So there's a, there's a huge desire for education because people want to know what to do. So our real, our main mantra is is to enable and to empower each stakeholder. Because each stakeholder has a role and responsibility. It's not their job to necessarily diagnose a concussion, but it's to be able to identify when a potential concussion happens. So you have to empower the coach on the sideline or the parent on the sideline or even the athletes themselves to put their hand up and say, look, Something is off here. I don't feel 100%. And then we, that's essentially the goal of our education is to make sure each stakeholder has the, uh, the right information, the right education to understand when they have a concussion or a potential concussion, what steps they should follow.
1: One of the, one of the things that and I've read, read a few books about concussion and uh, there was the League of Denial book, which you may, you may have read yourself a number of years ago about the NFL and the situation there. And one thing that kind of struck me was that I'm not sure and you can answer this question is it possible to to ever fully recover from a concussion because what we've seen in the past is players getting a concussion and again you can speak to this is that your brain is almost primed for a second one to happen and that the second one or the third one may just be a glancing blow it mightn't be anything serious and it may cause you to have really bad symptoms and a really bad recurrence so is it possible I suppose in a nutshell the question is to recover fully from a concussion once you've had one even if you take six weeks six months whatever off
2: yeah, well, with concussion, just, it's, it's a functional injury. So
1: if you, you
2: get a concussion, it causes a rapid acceleration and deceleration of the brain. Essentially, it causes your neurons your brain to have an energy mismatch. So the ability for one neuron to communicate with the next is impaired, and that's why you have all these different symptoms that come up. So in terms of recovery, the vast, vast majority of people who get a concussion recover and in a few weeks you know, each person is going to be different but they recover and they live long healthy lives and they have no, they've no um, long term issues with it. The main issue with a concussion is that you don't give it a second chance. So if, if, you, if you get one concussion your brain is in a vulnerable position and if they get hit again that's when you have the, the long term health consequences or even severe catastrophic issues that, we, that we've seen unfortunately in a couple of instances. So it's really like for anyone who has a, who has a history of concussion like I know myself um, one, one too many but if you get a concussion don't think about oh I'm going to be impaired for the rest of my life it's not how it works and the science backs that up and you hear a lot about about the, um, the NFL and play, players retiring from, from issues that's for, because they're not managing the concussions at the time mm. so they're getting, they're getting a knock they're getting a blow they have an injury to their brain they keep playing they get hit again and again and again and again, and again over, a, over a career thankfully the, the, there's more and more strict and science based protocols are in place now that are going to protect players and we're hopefully going to see um, players in the future when they're retired less issues and I think with the NFL it's I don't want to call, because I'm, I like to stick to the facts to the evidence and there's a lot of sensations media and kind of oversimplifying the, um, the language that's been used think about when people get knocks they're playing their sports and they're they're linking them to say dementia like symptoms when they when they get older it's Mm. very difficult to make that connection yeah because you're 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 trying to look back 20 30 years and that's why with this lawsuit now it's going they're going to have a difficult time to do that because it's very complicated, but very, the, the, lots of different variables. The difference together, here, I like guess,
1: it. is that these guys are only 40, right? So that's where people looking in from the outside would think, well, that's abnormal, it's not like they're in their 80s. So is that... Now, as you say, it'll probably be hard to prove, but that's, I presume, a massive alarm bell in this particular case.
2: Oh, absolutely. And I think if they can't prove that it caused these issues, they can prove that the... That, well, that's their, their goal, anyway, is to prove that where we didn't... Or the, or if you didn't manage the injuries correctly. So if they had protocols in place, did they follow them or did they not? So a lot of the times when we're looking at like what we know about concussion now is vastly greater than what we knew ten or fifteen or twenty years ago, and it will continue. Yeah, yeah. we're going it's going to evolve. And um, with so like when they look, so for us now looking in a kind of a privileged position now in 2020 to look back to say 2003 or 2000, or even in the 90s and say, oh, why did they do that or why were they managing that way? they managed it with the information they had at the time so it's easier for us to look back and criticise but I think it's if whatever protocols they had in place if they didn't follow them if they put the players at risk that's where they're, that's where it's, they're going to be liable and that's you can imagine that there's, there's going to be a lot more players coming forward mm-hmm. um, and if, like when you hear players from running in their 40s it, it does send a lot of land bells but then you also have to look at the other side where there's thousands of former players where there's no issues yeah. so yeah, it, it is complex and it may be you know, we don't fully understand the link and we're, that's what a lot of research is being done. Maybe some sort of genetic predisposition to this or maybe something along those lines. Yeah. So it is important that we accurately co- or diagnose the issue and the problem because then, then we'll be able to test the efficacy of the solution. So if we we if we kind of go because there was a statement put out there by I think the lawyer of that class action said that around 50% of players may have long-term issues. Now that's, that's where I hear a statement like that it makes me get very nervous because that's that scares people, and but it, thankfully the the science doesn't back that up, and I hope believe that more play, there's going mean, to be less players coming forward. But when you say that fifty percent, imagine being a former player and you've mm-hmm. played for twenty years, and you're hearing that you're saying, oh, you may be a, you that you there's, there's a very strong r- risk that you're going to have a neurodegenerative brain de- condition like where. You may lose your inhibitions. You may lo- you lose your co- cognition, and you may even end up having a, a, a tragic outcome. So no, like that, that's not. I don't believe in that messaging. Where you because we need to focus on the evidence, mm. um, and thankfully there there like more research is going to be done on this, and it's, it's really important. But I do feel that the messaging is really important because that that translates down to the grassroots, and that's where we go in. We only deal with the facts, and we we like to ask the, you know the tough questions. Um, but yeah, it's I think. Uh, we're going to hear a lot more about this. I think I've never seen so many news stories in one week about I think it's only going to grow over the over the next few weeks or a few months even.
1: Yeah, and then I suppose on the other side of the coin, there's Matt Dawson who's coming out and saying, well, I knew what I was getting myself into and I'm not going to be taking any cases. Now, he isn't suffering any symptoms at the moment, but he says even if he does develop some, he, he's a big boy, I think were his exact words, and he knew what he was getting into. Now, you could say, well, he's a back, so you know the two guys that we've seen so far come forward are, are forwards. Um, so maybe there's a discrepancy there in terms of the training they're doing as well. But look, we'll just have to wait and see how that goes. we just go back to your earlier point about, if you do suffer a concussion, you know, you can make a full recovery. Is there any kind of clarity? And let's, let's focus on the grassroots here as you're, as you're talking with Eric, because professional day, game is a different, different beast altogether. If I'm playing rugby or GA tomorrow and I get a bang in the head and I'm feeling a, a bit woozy and, and I am concussed, Is there any kind of you know hard and fast guidelines as to how long I should stay away before I go back training and playing? Because that seems to be a bit of a grey area as well. And it's, I even even with the technology and everything else and brain scans, I would imagine is it is it still quite difficult to say how long players should take out?
2: Oh, absolutely. So, like depending on what sport you're playing. So, for example, if you're playing GA, you have to follow GA's guidelines. So they have a a mandatory suspension period. Same as or if you same as 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 any other sport. You have to follow whatever guidelines that, that uh, in your respective sport. Now, ideally, if there was a standardized one across sports in Ireland, that would be a lot easier because you know kids play multiple different sports. So it, it, it starts to become uh, not farcical—that's to too strong word—but if, if, if you're able, if you're not allowed to play, say, if you're able to go back to GA, but obviously you can't go back to rugby because it's a two different sports, even though you know it's the same brain. Mm-hmm. But it, no, it, you can't actually predict so when someone will, will be back. You know, um, each person's going to be different. So, and unfortunately, symptoms alone aren't an accurate predictor of recovery. So people may feel that they're f- fully fine, they can go back, but they may, there may be still some, some vulnerability there. And that's why getting an actual medical clearance is really important. So you, you'll hear that a lot in all the guidelines, that you sh- they should get a medical clearance, but re- the compliance is very low. Um, for numerous reasons, you know, lack of accessible care, that's one ma- major issue in Ireland at the moment is, well, if you do get a concussion, well, where do you go? You know, do I go to the emergency room and I... For six or nine hours um, on a you know, on a Saturday night mm-hmm. is that something I want to do? And um, a lot of people don't. And um, like, who in my area is is qualified? So it's really about kind of doing your homework. And if you, if someone who's say listening in, if if your child gets a, a potential concussion at that moment, you don't know if that's a potential concussion or if it's something worse. So you need to rule out the severe structural brain injuries. Now, they're very rare, but they can happen. So it's very important that you rule that out first. And if you if it's diagnosed as a concussion then you can then um, then there's a you know there's an appropriate treatment plan there but it's really about individual uh, rehabilitation it's a, a one size fits all approach for concussion doesn't work because it's such a unique injury It's such a heterogeneous injury every person's going to be different so going to someone who's trained in concussion management and rehabilitation is really important
1: Okay, so that'd be your advice for for any any parent that's listening in, or any any player that's listening in that feels like they might have had a, a concussive episode. That that that's what they should do. They should seek, I guess, just the the advice is to seek medical advice, to, to read up on it, and educate yourself with the with the processes, and and follow those as closely as possible.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Like with any profession, so, so like say if you, if you want to go, do do their homework. You know, do it now while you're healthy. To to look up who in your area is trained in concussion management. So. We, we we liaise closely with the concussion clinic in Rathmines, and they're, they're fantastic. But they've loads of experience, and so you could go to your local GP. Not all GPs are created equal, just like every profession. So some have not in this area, and some don't. So do your homework. may you know, ask those ask those those pertinent questions um, while, but you know, in, in before it happens. So then when it happens, you're ready. You're ready to take action. And do your homework yourself. You know, learn all the different things about concussion, what you should do and what you shouldn't do. You know, begin to start educating yourself in this area. I know it's. It's a very complex area. That's why we try when we're educating different stakeholders. We break it down to very simple language so that you can take key takeaway points so you can essentially enable yourself to be able to understand what to do when it happens. So it's, it's not about overloading because uh, you can quickly do a Google search and it, it's quite o- overloading when you, when you, when you type um, Google or you Google concussion, but it's really just about very simple language. That's, that's really our goal with concussion coach.
1: And just to get back finally to the the, the point we started off with the the uh, the Thompson and Popham issues and the six other players and this lawsuit that may be coming down the line, you touched on the 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 serious uh, payout in the NFL which is hundreds of millions. Now clearly rugby doesn't have that kind of money sloshing around. At least I don't think so. Would you be concerned that this? Well, not concerned. That's the wrong word. But. Could this lawsuit, if it goes against World Rugby, I mean, this could be a catastrophic development for the sport. And it, like, I don't, I don't want to be too dramatic, but it it could, it could almost finish the sport if it if it goes against the authorities. Would you have any kind of inkling about how this is going to go, given what happened in the in the US? Two different sports, obviously. But do you, do you have any sense on how easy or difficult it's going to be to prove, and and where this might lead?
2: Yeah, like with the NFL, like it was, it was nearly a billion. It nearly hit a billion and now they're, still, they're still paying that out so it, it's not all going at once but they had to settle of course and um, so they 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 don't admit liability they said and i, I imagine something similar will happen here the, the rugby federations will want to settle this get this out don't uh, don't drag this in the courts for for very long because it's, it's very bad pr for them and mm. um, but you you can tell with this in the states that participation and in American football, has is continually dropping it year on year, and that's yeah, I suppose some sports in general. You know, with you know we're, we're moving into the uh, into the the Xbox and the the PS4 world now. But mm. rugby really needs to, to to come out with a with a, a really tackle this. So if if, it, if if it comes across to the public that they're trying to I suppose hurry this along or quieten people coming forward, that's going to have a huge negative impact. So they really need to come out be open and transparent um, because there's, there's grassroots people all across the country who are listening in and want to, want to know answers and they want to know if the sport is safe for their kids to play. So it, they really do need to come out, be open and transparent And because I, 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 I love the sport. I really do. Um, I, I love rugby. It's, it's a major passion of mine so I'd hate to see the sport be essentially start to decline in Ireland. I think the benefits of sport for anyone listening it far, far outweigh the negatives and it, it's all about just understanding what to do when a concussion happens or any other injury when it happens understanding the process that need, need to occur so I really I re do hope that they can, this, can be, this can be solved and the participation levels can continue to grow across, across Ireland
1: Absolutely and we think we all agree with that uh, Mark just before we let you go you might just give people a little, a little plug there if they want to get in touch with the concussion uh, coach and, and you know, let them know how they can contact you and if, you, if any schools or parents or anyone want to come out and, or want to get in touch and have you come out and give, a, give them a little seminar you might give yourself a little plug there
2: yeah, sure. So with COVID-19, unfortunately, we we were doing quite a lot of workshops, you know, coming into schools and clubs across the country. We've now moved to, to webinars, so we're all gone virtual and online courses as well, which have proved to be quite popular with Say your parents, coaches, teachers, athletes—we've made it applicable to, to each stakeholder. So, if anyone wants to get in touch, I mean, feel free to go on our website concussioncoach.ie and you know, does it fill out the contact form, let us know, and then we'll, we'll be happy to to set up something for your your club or your school or or whoever would be interested. We'll just get in touch. We. Well, and yeah, we'll, we'll take it from
1: there. That's great. Listen, Mark, uh, thanks so much for, for taking the call. Co-founder, I shouldn't forget your brother, of course, of the concussion Club. Oh, thanks
2: no, so- yeah. He'll he love that. He love that shout out,
1: man. Thanks so much for taking the call. And uh, let's just keep a close eye on this. We may well speak to you again in the near future. Who knows?
2: Perfect. Happy to. Thanks for having me on, Davis.
1: LMFM Sunday Sport.
2: Your sport, your station.
0: Hold up.